Institute of World Mission podcast. You're listening to the show for Adventist cross-cultural mission enthusiasts. My name is Alex Ott, and together with the IWM team, we invite you to join us today. This podcast is a production of the Institute of World Mission brought to you with support of the General Conference Missions Family of Ministries and Services. This is the middle of the week, and it's time for episode number 22 of the Institute of World Mission podcast. It's been quite a journey, and we are nearing a six-month mark soon, but we're not quite there yet. Meanwhile, today, this week, I'm happy to present to your attention an interview with Herman Lust. Now, Herman has been a missionary in Chile, the Philippines, and South Korea for many years. Recently, Herman accepted a ministry assignment as Associate Treasurer at the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Herman is a co-director and a treasurer for the International Personal Resources and Services, which we most commonly know as IPRS. Herman is also a treasurer, you wouldn't believe, for the Institute of World Mission. As you can see, Herman is both deeply involved in Adventist missions globally and is a part of the Institute of World Mission team. I'm happy to present this upcoming interview to your attention today. Herman, welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Thank you, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Um, Would you please share with our listeners a global community of Adventist cross-cultural missionaries, about your background in ministry. Okay, I began as an accountant many years ago, uh, working in Argentina in our Adventist university. Uh, at that time, we, we got married with Nilde, my wife. Uh, we have two kids, Alex and Annie. We worked for many years in Argentina, we moved to Chile, being the, what they call the vice president for finance. Okay. Same type of university, Argentina, sorry, Chile, Chile Adventist University. And from there, we came back uh, to the same uh, Adventist University in Argentina for the same position, vice president for finance. Then in 2010, we moved to the Philippines. That was a like a big step of faith. It's a long story, but uh, to make it short, we've been uh, five years there. We had the privilege and the blessing to go with our children. They learn English. And um, I would say that we we finished in 2015 there. And uh, from there, we went to what is called uh, Northern Asia Pacific Division, or NSD. So that would be Korea. That, yes, South Korea. South Korea. Because North Korea is kind of a close country. And we have been there for three years. Okay. Well, that gives you a global picture of uh, Adventist missions from all sides of the globe. globe. It's been a privilege. Uh, I, to be honest, I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would end up working for the Lord in so many different places. And at the same time, it's, it's wonderful for the family, for, for your own experience when you learn, when you mingle with other cultures. So That's I right. praise the Lord for that. Now, Herman, uh, with you being um, a missionary and as well 
uh, a professional in finances, naturally that we together decided to begin a special journey uh, talking about money uh, from time to time, bringing this topic up. So I'd like to ask you, what are the most common challenges that missionaries experience in terms of money? Well, Alex, thank you. Thank you for this good question. And, and we understand that this could have uh, different answers. I would say that um, being a missionary in a different country than your base or your original country brings a different type of challenges. Some are related to money and some are related to the type of life being far away from your relatives, uh, from your friends. But in regards to money, um, I would say in many cases you have different opportunities, like for example, traveling, and this would not be considered a challenge. This is like a blessing. And at the same time, the different levels of the income that you would receive makes me think that every time you go to a different place, it's good to plan, it's good to pray, it's good to ask the Lord, uh, not only for his guidance, but also for wisdom, so you can make the right and necessary decisions. And one thing that um, helped us as a family is to talk about that, mm -hmm. even with our kids. Uh, sometimes we might think, well, a kid of a 10 year old doesn't know too much but you know that's a wonderful experience for them even though they might not say too much or too many things he listens he he understands she she could um, have a glimpse of what it is to live in a different place so uh, the other thing is the different levels of income when we compare with the locals and when we compare ourselves with the money that we have been receiving in the local or the, the original place, let's, we sometimes we refer that as a base country. So I think that those are the challenges and, and what to do about them. Just a quick reference to what you said. Um, I uh, catch myself seeing uh, my sons uh, mm -hmm. listening in on some conversations I would have with my wife. Uh, you know, as we would travel being a missionary family and then there would time to uh, come up with a report and we would have a conversation, uh, can we report this or that? And, um, you know, either she or myself would say, well, what does the policy say? No, no, we should really go with the policy. This is, you know, we shouldn't go, we, sh we should just report what is supposed to be. And, uh, and, and then our sons are listening. And now I realize from what you're saying how much impact that has yes. on them. And could have both ways, in fact. Yes. And, and another aspect is that we need to consider the possibility of being a source of a blessing or a curse under the eyes of the local people. Not just our family, but our Correct. Because in some cultures, uh, people think, well, a missionary will come. He will probably bring donations, etc. So... So we need to be careful how we deal with money, not only inside of our family, but also how we share our resources with the church, with others, and what others perceive of what we are doing. Now, Herman, I'm looking forward to exploring some of these things in more detail. Now, let's entertain a scenario where a missionary couple have decided to take a call 
and moved to the mission field, and that is clearly a sacrifice for them. So now they're making less or significantly less money than they used to in their home country. Now, what major issues in, have you observed these families face, and what could be possible solutions in this kind of scenario? Excellent question. Um, again, this, this question should probably be discussed with, with too many things, but, but let me make a summary of what I think helped me and my family addressing uh, some of these challenges. The first one we just mentioned a few minutes ago, it's about talking, it's about planning, it's about getting the family together and sharing what it is, what it's not, uh, how much money we will have for this, for that. It also depends on the practices, you know, for a family coming from a high income uh, type of country, uh, going to a lower one, it could probably mean that I will need to we will need to tell our kids that we will not have the same type of um, either vacations or or same type of uh, things uh, that we will use in the country where we're going to be serving. You mentioned the word sacrifice, and um, that is that is something that from time to time I get to think on how in the day that we live today we forget how our pioneers worked. Mm -hmm. uh, when you think and when you read about some of our pioneers, and remember now Spicer, Elder Spicer, who worked so many years in India. Uh, then he was, he was one of the general conference officers. He was traveling on a train. He was usually getting the cheapest ticket. And of course, uh, we could argue we live in a different world today. Society is absolutely different. Um, internet, uh, planes, etc. But again, I come back to the word that you use, sacrifice. And uh, yes, sacrifice is something that we need to live, we need to teach. And at the same time, we need to be able to thank our missionaries that make a sacrifice when they are living their families, they're leaving their places, they're leaving their friends. Another thing is, um, depending on the, the place, and, and again, it's difficult to, to make a blank statement saying, you know, all the families will pass through this or through that. But in general, we can see that when a family goes to a place where uh, either the two spouses or one of them are needed, in the mission field, many times this family will have more than the locals. Right. So the question is, how is that perceived? Even if they're making now less than they used to, Correct. when they come there, they are still better off than a lot of the local people in some cases. Yeah. Correct. So yes, it is true. Now the church has, uh, I would say, a this is a very good and generous system that we have to, to take care of our families, to take care of our, and I'm referring to the missionaries, right? right. And at the same time, uh, you could always hear, well, we need this, we need that. Uh, but again, when we see the bigger picture of the needs of the church, 
the sacrifice that we are supposed to make, then it all comes to only one point, and that is to remember what Jesus did for each one of us. When you, we put things into perspective, uh, yes, somebody can say, well, yeah, he lived for 33 years, he suffered um, for the sake of our own salvation, but then money could be seen as something that is not related to, to life, and that is wrong. Um, let me just share with you something that I learned some years ago when I, was, when I was reading a book about stewardship, and I was surprised when, when I saw this author talking about the Bible having uh, 31,000, 32,000-plus verses, but more than 2,000 talking about money, mm -hmm. treasures, um, different type of materialistic things. And then you, began, you begin asking the question, why, why is it that we need to receive so, so many pieces of advice on money? And if you read the Bible, you don't have so many verses talking about heaven, prayer. And then you ask that question, why? And it seems to me that the author is, is perfect in, in his comments because he says the only reason why we have so many mentions of money and treasures and, and things in the Bible is because God knows our heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, my heart human beings are, we, we are selfish. We, we, we tend to think about ourselves. So again, coming to the, to the question of uh, families and challenges, uh, as long as we, we ask the Lord to guide our lives and we put money in like in a secondary place, uh, we're going to be fine. Thank you. So um, it's planning helps helping our children understand uh, what it means, relying on the Lord, understanding uh, what uh, our status still is uh, in the view of the local people. All of those things are, you know, would, would be helpful from what you just said to the families yes. um, to, to even go from a higher income to a lower income. Now, Herman, I've, let's, let's, let's flip that. So what if, uh, and I think that may be happening, if a family going from previously low income, not necessarily a low income country, but maybe a lower income, to now a situation when they are missionaries and they are making more than they used to, what impact does that have on their mission, their, you know, their extended family, their local community and so forth? Yes, and, and there's always dangers on when we talk about this to... Uh, have a, a kind of a blanket sentence categorizing families, whether they do this, they do that. One of the dangers is um, to show off, to, 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 have, to, to, to want to have things that will uh, put your ministry in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. uh, now, there could this could be done in many different ways. Um, for example, the type of car. Let's suppose that I go to a place in which I need a car. Well, you can buy a car that um, addresses your need, and at the same time, you can buy a car spending almost all your money just because you love cars. Uh, you could um, 
Uh, and I remember some years ago, uh, our kids knew that we were going back home. So they said, well, Dad, we, we want to pass through this place. We really love. And sometimes you can do it. Uh, sometimes it's, it's expensive. And then we need to be careful because in the days that we live today with social media, you post pictures. And let's suppose that you went back home and you didn't spend a penny just stopping in a place that is a nice uh, place uh, to, to go on vacation. But then you post pictures and uh, some, some problems begin. That's the reason why sometimes when we talk about these things, it's good to analyze the context. Uh, also, not to judge others mm -hmm. that could be in a, in a similar situation because we're ready to judge. I mean, we're human beings. Uh, but definitely your question is, is, is good because we as families, as missionary families, need to think about everything. I think that the most important thing is still uh, what we do in relation to God. I mean, when we, when we do things, when we travel, when we buy things, um, even when we eat, we are showing our relationship with the Lord. It's true, sometimes that is seen by others and it could be judged by others. And sometimes nobody see what I do or what I don't do. But the most important thing is always my relationship with the Lord. Now we are analyzing how those things related to money, things, uh, travel or whatever other thing related to finances could uh, put our families in danger as missionaries. Uh, and that danger, of course, is the failure of the mission we came there for. Yes. That failure comes from a rejection of the community that is around. Um, so, Herman, in some cultures, and let me call those high-power distance cultures, the inequality between leaders and uh, others is not only a cultural norm, but rather an expectation of the people. So, my question is going to be around missionary leaders now, those who uh, function as uh, team leaders, as administrators, as teachers, as uh, heads of the hospitals, of departments, uh, department leaders, and so forth. Um, for example, in the country where I lived, the local people would be almost offended if the leaders would drive vehicles that would be thought as not representative enough of them, of their honor in a wider a community of the city. So there's this yes, great yes. push. And my question is this, how should we as missionaries um, face those kind of situations? Well, your experience is not so different than mine. I, I also lived in a place where as soon as I arrived, I learned that um, I was supposed to have a driver. Huh. And in my previous experiences, I, that would have been like, like a crazy thing. I mean... Somebody would say in my country, who do you think you are to have a driver? But yes, expectations sometimes are different. I would say that um, wherever we go, we need to ask the Lord to give us common sense. And I know that the word common sense is probably too broad. Uh, and at the same time, having wisdom, asking others what they think, knowing the culture, and sometimes it takes years. You think that after a few months, you know the culture, I would say that's not true. It's sometimes, well, depending on the place where you are, but 
But for us Westerners, sometimes we are too quick to say, yes, we know this, we know that. Especially uh, if it's to our benefit. Huh? <laughs> yes, yes. And the other thing is um, uh, humility, uh, something that doesn't come from inside. We need to ask the Lord to give us the understanding of the place where we are. So, yes, your, your example is, is, is happening in, in different places, and we need to try to adapt to that culture. Uh, having said that, sometimes we are dealing with principles, mm-hmm. and principles are different than, than just culture-driven things that we do. It's, it's true that sometimes it's, it's difficult to, to put a line between these things and uh, you know you know you can be asking yourself okay what what is what is the right thing to do and sometimes you see things as gray not as white and black uh, again uh, talking to others and of course praying so that the lord can give you wisdom will probably be the best approach what i found um in that particular country seeing some um, leaders, Western leaders mm-hmm. that, that would work, um, they would, just like you said, they would ask a lot of questions, but then would try to, if they err, err on the side of humility. I agree. Because, I agree. because yes. it's perhaps always just a little better to invite the community to more sacrifice, more humility in dealing with God's money than trying to satisfy the world around us. Uh, there is, of course, a balance in all of those things. But if we err, maybe we err just a little bit on, on that side. It reminds me about a situation in which the first time I got to this country, and a similar situation like what you just mentioning, that I think it was the first week. Uh, I need to go to the downtown uh, place to do something. And, of course, they provide a driver for me. So we, we went together, and I explained to him how difficult for me was... Um, not to understand, but just to be having somebody who drives me. So uh, at one point I said, you know, and this is true, I, I, has, I suffer from uh, car sickness, can I drive? And it was interesting because he was saying, well, when we go back, uh, I will probably need to be driving. I don't want people to see that you are the driver. And I, <laughs> but anyway, this, these stories show us how important it is to try to understand culture and where we live and where we, we work. Herman, would you please share several practical tips for our listeners in regards to managing finances, especially in the mission field, uh, as we are as we are um, serving in the communities where we are, something that they can immediately put into practice that will be um, a blessing to them right away. Thank you for this question. Uh, and again, we would probably need hours, but I will only give like a title. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the future we can, talk more, we can talk more about that. We already mentioned some. Uh, first, ask the Lord for guidance and wisdom. Second, talk with your family. Talk with your children. Share with them what you have and what you don't have. Third, be absolutely faithful, 100% faithful when you return your tithe. And be generous with, with uh, offerings. You know, you can, you can make a covenant with the Lord. Uh, there's no need to make a covenant with, with tithe because you're already returning. 
but a covenant with offerings as, as a certain percentage. I can assure you the Lord will bless you, not necessarily with, with everything related to a human being dreams about material things, etc., but, but you receive blessings just because you put yourself into the Lord's hands. And by the way, when we understand stewardship, stewardship is not about money. Stewardship is about giving myself to the Lord. And then, well, yes, of course, we will talk about money later when I understand what it means to, to give myself to the Lord. And um, I think that with these things, uh, and of course, we can also talk about building a budget together with a family, trying not to spend more than what your income is. I know that we live in, in places where certain societies kind of put you in a spot if you don't get credit. Mm -hmm. Everybody lives with credit. But um, uh, we know what it is. Ellen White says, please be away from credit as much as possible. So I think that these are the simple things that we can share about which are the most important things uh, about uh, finance, about money right. uh, in, with our families. Now, Herman, you did not mention in the beginning, and I uh, will make sure I fix that in the introduction, that currently you serve as a general conference associate treasurer and also a co-director of IPRS, which means you are uh, intricately involved with uh, the missions movement of our church on, on all kinds of levels, especially in regards to finances. Um, you also agreed to um, support us at the Institute of World Mission of developing a whole a series of uh, special kind of presentations so we can apply these um, the ideas of stewardship for the missionaries, their realities, their challenges, their issues, make it very real, make it very practical for them. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I want to thank you. And uh, just a few last words before we sign off. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Alex. Uh, it's true. We, we work with um, Karen Porter together as co-directors of uh, IPRS. And this department is the one responsible for, for missionaries. Uh, this, is, this is a wonderful learning experience. This is my seventh month now. Uh, I'm, I'm learning. Uh, this is like uh, when you when you 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 help families being missionaries in about 80, 90 countries. You realize how complicated our world is, and at the same time, what a privilege it is to serve as a missionary. And uh, yes, we uh, we look forward uh, to the time in which we can continue uh, doing more of these podcasts. Maybe with the idea to bring more professionals that are specialists in different areas of finance and always looking forward to being a better steward, steward um, into the Lord's eyes. Thank you, Herman. Pleasure. Thank you. As we just mentioned with Herman in the interview, this episode marks the beginning of a larger conversation about dealing with money in missionaries' life. There is so much more to cover. As human beings, we have very real concerns. And on a bigger level, what are the best ways of ensuring that the Adventist movement among an unreached people group can become so sustainable as soon as possible? 
If this conversation is interesting to you, I invite you to do several things. Actually, three things. Number one, comment on this episode. Suggest a topic, a certain angle that we need to discuss missionary finances from. Ask a question. This is very easy to do. Simply go to iwm.adventist.org forward slash episode dash 22. You will be able to comment right at the bottom of the page. Second, on that page you will find an invitation to mark this topic as a topic of interest to you. You'll need to simply enter your email and click notify me. Every time we release another episode on this theme, you will be immediately notified. Number three, do you know someone who will potentially be interested in being engaged in this conversation? It can be a missionary treasurer or a business manager, but not only them, it can be anyone. Let these people know about this podcast. Only with your help, you, the current listener, we can build this conversation further. We can bless a lot more people together. Now, shifting gears just a little bit. In two weeks, we have, we will have the IWM Live Event of the month of May. Our webinar this month is titled Implications of Reading Scriptures Through Our Cultural Lenses. Our presenter this month is Dr. Andrew Mutero. Education Department Director of East Africa Division. It will be an exciting conversation, uncovering some of our most hidden biases. I'm looking forward to it and invite you today to register. Now, the webinar description and registration pages are going to only be available to you if you have a learning account with the IWM website. If you do, you'll just need to log in and then register. If you don't, you'll need to create your account. This needs to be done only once. You can access the account registration page at iwm.adventist.org forward slash register. Keep in mind that this account is different from your account on IWM Learning and Support Community, our social network on Workplace. This is your account on the IWM website. Friends, my name is Alex Soth, and I'm looking forward to a week of conversing with you on the website, in our social community, through chat, workplace chat, through email. Please, never hesitate to engage myself, me, or our team at the Institute of the World Mission. We are here for you. We'll see you next week.